This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a football Friday on Grant and Danny. What's up? Welcome in. We are happy to be getting you ready for Championship Sunday in the NFL. We'll be reacting to all of the news of the day. Commanders, D.C. sports, everything going on in the National Football League. Brian Boldinger, one of our favorite football guests, joins the show at 3 o'clock. What's up, Danny? Hey, buddy. Yesterday, if you missed it, this was a great story to start the show. Uh, GP poured gasoline on himself. Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. wasn't like like a ritual or something like that. It was uh, the funny little story. It was great. Check the podcast uh, via the old Odyssey app. I got a quick one for you to start off this program. Right, so the boys don't have school today. Right, it's a Fairfax County uh, no school situation uh, because it's a nice day and it's a Friday. So seriously, why is there no school? You, great question. There's no school pre-planned. Today. Yep. Is this a pre-planned chair? Yep. One of those things where we've had a bunch of snow days recently, but we still don't have school today. So whatever, boys are home. So I, I yeah. swear, mm-hmm. there are so many more of these now than there used to be. I agree with that. There have to be. It just seems like constantly mm-hmm. you and other parents are telling me. That their kids aren't going to school, and I go, why? And they, they just say, because. Yeah, because. They, they told us. It's right there on the calendar. This is not a surprise, but it's surprising. Right. Anyway. I don't want to distract No, it's not, it's not important. Uh, so, soccer season's right around the corner, and that's my oldest. That's He's kind of starting to get serious about soccer or whatever. Little preseason soccer practice training session with, uh, uh, with the coach. So, I, it's an hour long, so I'm like... It's not enough time to go home. Not enough time to really do anything. I ran a quick errand. Came back. I was like, why don't I do something positive? I'm walking around the track, getting some steps in, trying to be less fat, while they're on the soccer field playing soccer. No problem, right? So the field is that newfangled turf that absorbs water like you wouldn't believe. It's bone dry. It's like, you know, it's like there wasn't volumes of snow and then water and rain and everything. There's no sign of any moisture. Track is fine as well. So I'm walking around the track, getting my few miles in, getting ready for our ratings dinner tonight, right? Getting all uh, primed and ready. So a couple of soccer balls are kicked past the goal. Pretty normal situation to have happen. So I'm in uh, on uh, on the walk. I happen to cross right by that point. I'm like, I'll help out. I'll just go kick the soccer ball back. I'm not doing a watch old dad. I still got it. I'm going to juggle a couple times. Not doing anything like that. My plan was literally just to sort of pass it back towards the general area while these kids are getting their work in. But you're going to juggle it a couple times first. Nope. All I tried to do was just sort of, again, gently pass it back. The field itself ends, if you can picture it. So you got your oval track, right? Field is that turf stuff. I didn't realize it at the time, but there's grass between the end of the field and then where the track is that track surface, that rubber type stuff, whatever, right? You, you, you can picture it. So the grass is very grassy. And there's been a lot of snow, a lot of moisture, and a lot of disgusting mud. I didn't know that was there. I'm just wearing regular tennis shoes, Uh-oh. and I'm just going to go kick the ball, you know, 50 yards, sort of back towards them, not to not disrupt the drill. And I plant my left foot. My left foot remains unplanted, and I slide right out from underneath myself, completely horizontal, fall directly 
on my ass and back. Number one, it hurt because it was on. It was I'm surprised that I landed with a thud. I'm fat and gross, so that was awful. The real worst part, though, is I am now covered in mud from the back of my ankles all the way up to my head, which also slammed onto the ground. The backside of me covered in wet, gross, horrible mud in front of the children, in front of the soccer coach, in front of two moms that were power walking around, in front of an old man with his shirt off who was walking slash jogging. Uh, Multiple people have to come over to me and ask me if I'm okay. Everyone's cackling, laughing at me on the kid's side. Adults are like, this is so embarrassing. That was my uh, my morning. So I had to ride home with my shirt off so I didn't mess up my seats. I was going to say, how would you keep from getting everything in the car ruined? I, I didn't. It's It was bad. I had, to go, I had to clean it once I got home. Second shower situation? That's correct. E. Yeah. It's a tradition on this show. That's what we do. Days. That's what you got to do. We head to work, and then we come home to take another shower and change our clothes. Thank goodness my wife wasn't right by the door to tell me I smelled like mud. Like yours yeah. yesterday. I was like, why do you smell like gas? Today on NFL Network, Ian Rappaport updated what's going on with Dan Quinn as it pertains to the commanders. Listen to this. Dan Quinn, a final, or I shouldn't say final, second interview with the Washington commanders. That is going to happen uh, early next week. And there was some scheduling issues, making sure everyone was in the same place. It's not like they wanted to wait. Like, this is just when it when it happened to be. And, and you're right. Ben Johnson, obviously, also in play uh, with the commanders. And, you know, what we've reached a point here, Tom, is like there's really no point in rushing because – you know, unless these two teams are going to settle on the same candidate, which I guess is possible if it's Dan Quinn, maybe, there's really no reason to rush. They can sort of settle in and go, you know what, we're just going to pick the best candidate. And everyone's hiring staffs at the same time no matter what, and that is fine, and let's just do it. But I would say this, like Dan Quinn certainly seems to be a prime candidate at both spots. Um, so it obviously is a real possibility the Cowboys end up losing their defensive coordinator. I got a lot of thoughts about that. First thing is, I think Dan Quinn's agent is crushing this process. I don't know who the agent is, but whoever Dan Quinn's agent is, is doing a really good job. It seems like reporters can't go two hours without talking about Dan Quinn. How he's interviewing for this job or that job or Mm -hmm. how great he would be in this job or how much better he would even be in that other job. It just seems to me like his agent is writing the book. So whoever his agent is, who's getting a lot of this stuff out there, teams are not to the same extent, calling reporters and going, hey, would you put this out there? That's the agent that's doing that. Seems like he's crushing You're it. doing a good job. This is a master class. That's number one. Number two, I'm obviously a little bit more cynical of the idea that they're going to hire Dan Quinn as someone who thinks it's been Ben Johnson for a little while and eventually they're going to hire Ben Johnson to the Detroit Lions. Because here's the next thing I would ask. You and I yesterday, we heard Dan Quinn's going to interview with them early next week. We thought it was the third interview. Because it was reported that the second interview was early this week. Now, I guess it turns out that that interview didn't happen. But they had all week long to talk to Dan Quinn. He got eliminated two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys got their teeth kicked in. Dan Quinn's an awesome coach. His defense is great. I Nothing about how I feel about Dan Quinn changed when his defense got destroyed by the Green Bay Packers. Because making some grandiose declaration about any 60 minutes of football, I think is is irresponsible. So I'm not going to do that. But his defense got destroyed. Matt LaFleur ate his lunch. The Cowboys get eliminated. That was a couple weekends ago now. He could be hired. If they wanted to hire Dan Quinn, why wouldn't they have hired Dan Quinn? What are you waiting for? And they didn't interview him this past week. There's no urgency at that point. This idea that you know Ian Rappaport's dangling as if well, it could be Seattle, and it could be Washington, and they both really like Dan Quinn, and he's a finalist for both, and I guess they could both decide he's their number one option.
But no mention of Ben Johnson. He even said, you're not competing with other teams unless you both want Quinn, as if they might not both want Johnson, who's interviewing with both teams and seems like the much more sought-after candidate as it is. So that report just seemed kind of odd to me. Summed up, it was basically, Dan Quinn could get either of these two jobs, guys. Maybe. Me and Rappaport is more plugged in and talking to more people than I am. This is just one of those times where I'm not sure if that's beneficial or helpful. Mm-hmm. The two plus two doesn't totally equal four here. This this reminds me, I know it's not the same, but how John Gruden's agent every year, when he was on television, would just, he would, he'd, be, he'd be the second or third person named for every potential head coaching opening. And it would start in earnest with like week 15 of the season, and it would continue through the offseason, and he would just end up with more money from ESPN or, or whatever until finally he signed that ludicrous deal at the time uh, with the Raiders. This is what it feels like a little bit to me. Now it's not, I got not the exact same analogy, but but Dan Quinn is somehow the bell of the ball of this coaching search, and he doesn't already have a gig. Like everyone else has hired people far more promptly who have been in the available tier versus the guys like McDonald and, and Ben Johnson and some of the others, Weaver, who were coaching here this weekend, right? The guys that have been available, almost all to a man have been hired, right? That, that yeah, you would want. Explain this to me, in other words, okay? Yeah. Raheem Morris got hired by the Falcons yesterday. Mm -hmm. Raheem Morris had the same job as Dan Quinn. He was the defensive coordinator of a playoff team with the Rams. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the Detroit-LA Rams game, that Sunday night football game, started like four hours after the Cowboys got annihilated by the Packers. Am I wrong about that? 8-15, January 14th. Both of them, right? Yeah. So the, the games were on the same day. Yeah. So follow me then. Dan Quinn gets eliminated three hours before Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris had already had his second interview with the Falcons early this week. They interviewed 14 candidates, by the way. That's almost twice as many as Washington's interviewed. I'm not knocking Washington's process. I think it's been an excellent process, and it's going to net the result that I've wanted all along. But my point is, the Falcons interviewed 14 people, including Raheem Morris, multiple times to the point where they named him the coach Yesterday, mm-hmm. and Washington hasn't gotten around to interview Dan Quinn a second time. They're going to do it early next week as if he has a game to coach this weekend. That does not add up to me. Like Their urgency does not equal what everyone is trying to make me believe, which is like they're falling all over themselves with Dan Quinn the same way they are with Ben Johnson. What makes more sense to me is that the two teams that haven't hired coaches yet are going to hire coaches that are still coaching. Is Mike McDonald interviewing for the Seahawks? Can someone look that up? Because I have to imagine that he would be their front runner if it's not Ben Johnson. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense that they would wait. I'd also be curious to know if you could dig on this, Ryan. Has Dan Quinn had two interviews with Seattle at this point? Because, again, there's no reason, if you interviewed him for the first time over Zoom last week, that if you're a serious, legitimate candidate that you wouldn't quickly then interview him again this week. Like, what are you waiting for? Seeing here that as of yesterday, the Seahawks have not interviewed Mike McDonald. So who would be the the guy that they're still waiting for, potentially? Or do they just feel like, they might feel like they're not in a rush because it's Dan Quinn for them, and they don't have to worry about it otherwise? I, I know Ben Johnson is, that, that could also be it. Yep. Ben Johnson might be their top priority, and they're hoping... Something goes wrong sideways with Washington, or he doesn't get what he wants, or maybe they shock everyone and go a different direction, and they're waiting in the wings for Ben Johnson. And if they don't get him, then they got Dan Quinn, and they knew he wasn't going anywhere else. Maybe that's the thinking? But but I want to go back to my original question. Mm-hmm. I, I overcomplicated it. 
if Washington really, really, really liked Dan Quinn, why wouldn't they have interviewed him a second time this week? Why wait on that? Well, he's in the same exact boat as Raheem, who got named the guy yesterday, days after his second interview. Spitballing here. Yeah. Top of my head. Uh, Scheduling issues and conflicts, because Washington's been doing these interviews in Miami with, uh, you know, Josh Harris's family's place down there or or whatever. Dan Quinn, by the way, had his second interview with Seattle yesterday. Just as an aside. Right. So, like, he's available to do interviews. Mm -hmm. He's not turning them. He's not, like, traveling with his wife. He's not out of the country. He's talking to the Seahawks in person. They they made it happen already mm-hmm. a few times. Yep. Now, again, I'm just thinking logistically. Other side of the country, maybe his kid's got a piano recital. I mean, you know, if if there's not that much urgency, aka we're talking to other candidates that we can't we physically cannot hire just yet, instead of saying fly across country from Seattle overnight, meet with us t- Friday morning today, uh, you know, at, at 9 a.m. after probably a lengthy experience there. Pretty miserable travel details here. We can push that to Monday or Tuesday or something like that. We're, we plan on talking to you again. Again, I'm thinking out loud. But the the big picture here is, I think you're right, the reported urgency or realness that, hey, this might happen, it's like somebody desperately trying to let you know that it could happen. That's what it feels like to me. I, I don't have a better way. And I don't know what that means. Maybe maybe, maybe it could you know, because like some, there've been there've been history stories in history. I can't think of one on top of my head where nobody really believed it's true, and enough people kept reporting it with urgency. Going, you know, here's a good one. Has nothing to do with this. Remember years ago when you and I are going? I don't really think they're going to pick up Robert Griffin's injury guarantee. That didn't make any sense. That's stupid. We would hear like, hey, this is possible. Hey, they're going to do this. Hey, they're going to. And we're like, no, no, they're not. And then eventually they did because they, they like, you know what I mean? Like people are trying to get the word out that this is a real thing. Maybe it is, but I'm skeptical. I could be wrong, and I'll be loud wrong, and I'll say whoopsie after I am busy crying because they hired Dan Quinn. Then I'm going to come back and get my emotions in check, and I'll say, hey, by the way, I was wrong. I led you guys astray. I don't think I'm going to have to do that. It it is just – it is strange to me when you hear that report that there's not really an acknowledgement of Ben Johnson being in on both of the two jobs. Where Rap Sheet – we play the middle part of that again at least – where he's suggesting, like, I guess it's possible that Dan Quinn could be the number one choice for both of them. There is a more popular, obvious candidate that they are waiting for. I don't just mean Washington. I mean both of these two teams. Uh, With the commanders, and, you know, what we've reached a point here, Tom, is, like, there's really no point in rushing because, you know, unless these two teams are going to settle on the same candidate, which I guess is possible if it's Dan Quinn, maybe, there's really no reason to rush they can sort of settle in and go, you know what? We're just going to pick the best candidate. And everyone's hiring staffs at the same time, no matter what. And that is fine. And let's just do it. But I would say this, like Dan Quinn certainly seems to be a prime candidate at both spots. Um, so it obviously is a real possibility the Cowboys end up losing their defensive coordinator. And I come back to, if he is a prime candidate, fine. But the only reason that you wouldn't have hired him at this point is because Johnson's either on equal footing or the favorite. There's no other reason to wait. You could have interviewed Dan Quinn 13 times, once a day if you wanted to, over the last couple of weeks and taken a Sunday off to watch some football. And they've interviewed him once, Mm -hmm. and they got another one set up for, presumably, after they go talk to Ben Johnson in Detroit. If that interview is scheduled for after the Ben Johnson interview, 
I don't even think the interview is going to happen. All this talk about, is it the second? Is it the third? But we'll see. I, I could be loud wrong on this. But let's divvy up our prediction pie on who the next head coach of the Commanders is going to be once and for all here on this football Friday. It's pretty clear right now that there's two pretty obvious slivers, right, in Ben Johnson and Dan Quinn. But there are other names. They're still talking to Aaron Glenn again when they're out in Detroit. I would imagine McDonald and Slowick are still very much candidates. So this is not what you want. This is a prediction. So what percentage chance do you give to each of the remaining candidates to get the job? That's the question. We'll open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Take the temperature of our audience next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Dan Quinn, a final, or I shouldn't say final, second interview with the Washington Commanders. That is going to happen uh, early next week. And there was some scheduling issues, making sure everyone was in the same place. It's not like they wanted to wait. Like, this is just when it when it happened to be. And, and you're right, Ben Johnson obviously also in play uh, with the Commanders. And, you know, what we've reached a point here, Tom, is like there's really no point in rushing because, you know, unless these two teams are going to settle on the same candidate, which I guess is possible if it's Dan Quinn, maybe. There's really no reason to rush. They can sort of settle in and go, you know what? We're just going to pick the best candidate. And everyone's hiring staffs at the same time no matter what. And that is fine. And let's just do it. But I would say this, like Dan Quinn certainly seems to be a prime candidate at both spots. Um, So it obviously is a real possibility the Cowboys end up losing their defensive coordinator. That was Ian Rappaport on NFL Network within the last hour. Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. The one thing I would really like about Dan Quinn, and this is quite literally the one thing that I would be very happy about with the hire, is it would be a damaging blow to the Dallas Cowboys in the division. Strengthening yourself while weakening weakening an arch rival is always a good thing. I just, I don't see it adding up from the perspective of they had all week, they didn't talk to him. We're now finding out today that this is not the third interview as we had expected because they were supposed to have had a second interview this week. They didn't, though. This is actually just interview two, which to me is pretty telling. Yesterday, when we thought they were meeting with him a third time and they were scheduling it already for after Ben Johnson might be eliminated, that felt strange. But this now is kind of back on track to, oh, they're just doing their second round of interviews when they're allowed to interview the guys that are still coaching for the second time. That's very normal. I mean, to me, if you were going to hire Dan Quinn, why don't you hire Raheem Morris? If you're thinking about hiring Dan Quinn, then let's hold out for Mike McDonald. And I, you know what I mean? Like, to me, there are sexier, more intriguing, more exciting versions of this. Now, I know Quinn's got a bigger track record. That, that's beyond uh, debate. I mean, he has. He's been a head coach before. He's had some success there. He's had long-term success as a defensive coordinator, been up and down, uh, You know, contributed some really, really good defenses. Most impressively, what he's done in Dallas here over the last couple of years, yes, they've got some excellent pieces, but he's also filling in the margins and has made a you know modern-day, really excellent defense that forces a ton of turnovers. He'd be really welcome, I think, in a lot of places um, as kind of the big boss. But it's just not as exciting as maybe you know someone that hasn't had that head coach Cologne on before, a.k.a. McDonald, or hadn't had it for 15, 16 years since they were a neophyte doing it in Raheem Morris. All right, so quickly I want to go through the Quinn resume. And then we'll give our percentages. But I'm going to open up the phones to you guys in a moment on this. So line up at 800-636-1067. We want your prediction pie. The chance that it's Ben Johnson versus Dan Quinn 
versus anybody else that you think deserves a sliver of that pie. 800-636-1067. We'll get to that in a moment. Quinn's long been a tremendous defensive coordinator. Uh, that was you know, his Legion of Boom, Seattle Seahawks defense at one point in time. He's only 53 years old. I think he looks like a guy sometimes that's closer to 60, but he wears the backwards hat. He's high energy. It's not like he's an old guy. He's a handful of years older than Raheem Morris, who everybody thinks of still as a fairly young, relatable guy and player, uh, friendly coach. In Atlanta, he got hired at 45 years old, basically like Jay Gruden's age, back in 2015, basically Jay's age. And they went 8-8 eight and eight in the first year. The second year, they went 11-5 and five and won the NFC Championship game. He was the head coach of a Falcons team that was in the Super Bowl, and they were up 28-3. to three. Now, everyone makes their jokes. They lost that game, obviously. But they were manhandling the Patriots for part of a Super Bowl. Dan Quinn at the controls of an 11-5 and five team. The following season in 2017, after Kyle Shanahan leaves, that offensive staff largely departs, Dan Quinn... Still in Atlanta, goes 10-6. and six. And I think part of the issue at that point was his coordinating hires came back to bite him in the butt a little bit. Steve Sarkeesian didn't quite work out at the NFL level with Atlanta for whatever reason. Uh, but they just they kind of lost some of what tactically they were doing on both sides of the ball. And I bet you Dan Quinn would be introspective and say the biggest key for him is going to be his offensive coordinating hire and making sure that on the other side of the ball, is someone's able to help his team get over the hump because just having a good defense doesn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because soon thereafter they go seven and nine, seven and nine, and then eventually zero and five to start his sixth season, and he got fired before week six. Raheem Morris took over as the interim coach. Raheem Morris eventually left. Now he's back in Atlanta, just having gotten the job this week. But that's the resume, right? He takes over. They're they're a middling eight and eight team. Pretty good first season. Back to back, very strong years, including going to the Super Bowl. And then 7-9, 7-9, There are just so many Rivera similarities to me that it's unexciting. If Rivera didn't exist, if, if the Rivera era was the exact same and instead of Rivera as the player-centric head coach who had failed, it was like you know some hotshot young offensive guy, then maybe I'd feel the same way, although I doubt it because that is what works in the league, just... Keep trying. But my problem is you're asking me to buy in on the longtime defensive mind who coached in a Super Bowl that time, who's a retread. It's just so hard for me to get excited about that. But players love this guy. A lot of people around the league rave about him. He's very popular. He's got a high approval rating. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, tell me who I'm talking about. Longtime NFL guy, well-respected defensive mind, whose team was really competitive in a Super Bowl and had a chance to win the game, ultimately didn't. But has been around the league. Most people don't say bad words about him. Guys love playing for him. Who am I talking about? Did, you, did you, he coach in the NFC South? Yeah. Oh, that still doesn't. Yeah, that still doesn't I, help you. Yeah. That doesn't help me cross either of them off. The so list. I, I understand that. Does now, he, is his favorite axum be where your feet are? Not this guy. This guy's a good defensive coordinator who gets good results. Who? No, no, no. That's Dan Quinn's favorite axiom. Is it really? Yes. Be where your feet are is the Be same thing? Be where your feet are is his, is his saying. Come on. You're doing a bit? I look at a tweet I posted uh, yesterday. It was a column written about him this year where they said, Dan Quinn's favorite saying is be where your feet are. If he has any, if he has any thought about maps or more so than anything else, then I, now, I'm, now I'm completely out. I haven't heard those. But, I mean, the stick aside, I think he's a, a better coach right now this minute than Ron Rivera is, but that's not what I'm going for here. 
I, I'm going for my shoot the moon, you know, aim for the moon, you get the stars, whatever the dumb analogy is. I want that. I want I want my high ceiling where I feel like Dan Quinn is solid. Nothing wrong with solid. Not right now, though. Solid is what you do when, you know, it, it's like you're, you, you well, maybe, maybe some people would argue that this is the time for it. But I think of that like when my organization has been, you know, just free falling. I need an adult for a little while. Then I want to graduate to superstar. I think now with Peters in charge, with the Harris ownership group sweeping in here, I think it's time for that home run attempt, even if you swing and miss. All right, let's do let's do our slivers of pie here. I'm going to divvy up. This is my prediction pie for the head coach. I'm going to give Ben Johnson ninety. Ben Johnson alert. I don't know why that's starting to scare me now. Because Dares is so quick on weeks. It. Yeah, that's true. He is fast on the trip. So when you're because it's twice in two days, it's been in the middle of a list. That's a good point. Where you're going, so I got this guy. It also and- used to be that I would say it, there'd be a little hesitation, and then he'd get around to playing it. Now I'm not even done with the buh. He's anticipating. And he's already firing. He's it anticipating. Off. Okay, so I'm going with the guy with the I don't want the thing to What's happen his name? again. No, I'm not doing that. I don't but I don't know who you're talking 95%. about. Ninety five percent. For who? You know who. Who? The other five percent. It's so hard for me to not include my own thoughts. Don't include them. But this is just predictive. Yeah. I'm going to say 3% Bobby Slowick, 2% Dan Quinn. So no McDonald. No. McDonald would have gotten the 2% if I was including my own thoughts. But I have to. I got Ian Rappaport telling me I'll, all they want to do is have dinner with Dan Quinn, help him shave his goatee, shape it up nice. So I'm going 95% Ben Johnson, 3% Bobby Slowick. I think they got a type here, and 2% Dan Quinn. Has there been a second interview scheduled with Lil Bobby? I don't know that there has been. They were supposed to have had it this week, but they didn't, right? I think they did. Oh, they did do it? Now, we also thought they'd had the interview with Dan Quinn. I thought this was number three, but Ryan then it's number two. It was reported for sure. Bobby Slowick's second interview this week. Can you can you see what is said about that? I can certainly see what's said about that. All right. Thank you. Because I wasn't sure that it had happened or was, was going to happen. Well, it I don't was know reported anymore. that it happened. Now we don't know anymore. Yeah, now I don't know. Dan Quinn, it was the same time. They were, they were going back through the cycle with all mm-hmm. those guys early this week. And we know that the Quinn one didn't happen. I'd imagine the Bobby Slowick one did. Although Slowick just got eliminated this weekend. Right. So they would have had to interview with him two times. Because they did the Zoom one, one first, and then the... Yeah, so I, so I would bet they haven't had a second interview. They did his... Because he's a week behind. Mm-hmm. So this is so maybe they haven't done second interviews with anybody, and they're just waiting until they start with Ben Johnson and offer him the job. I didn't say that. What? Uh, right after the NFC Championship game. And they're just hoping the Lions lose and they can end this whole charade. Oh, man, this is dizzying. This is so different than, like, a bunch of leaks where I, the whole I'm, thing is I'm done early. This. Have they actually done any second interviews? Because I don't think. See, this the is sec- why, The second the way, interview scheduled with Johnson and Glenn when they go to Detroit, whatever it is, Monday, Tuesday, I can't remember which day. But that's that's what's sh- sh- scheduled. They have been very, very quiet. Like, yes. the team is not leaking anything. They're not saying anything, which I appreciate and I think is smart. I do think there is value, though, in just doing the – I call it the John Elway bit because he's the first one I remember doing it where he would just tweet out everything he was doing. Mm -hmm. But teams love doing this where they're like, we just completed an interview with Raheem Morris. At least there's value in that because we we know, okay, this guy's been interviewed two times. We're finding out today now it's not actually a third interview with 
Quinn. It's actually a second. It's so like two and a half. But give me your pie. I gave you my pie. Uh, 75% Ben Johnson. Okay. 5% Aaron Glenn. Second interview scheduled with Aaron Glenn. Hey, that, come on. Really? Second interview scheduled with Aaron Glenn. Yeah, but they're going to interview five guys a second time. 15% Dan Quinn for some reason. It's a big number. And uh, as of now, I'm going to say... You got 20%, uh, 10% left. I, got five, I should have five left. Okay. So, yeah, five left. Uh, five is Mike McDonald, still in the, still in the running. I just think we haven't heard yet. I don't. I don't think Lil Bobby's involved. Now I could have to amend that if we find out there has been a second with Lil Bobby. So you're giving pretty much every. You you think everyone they're still interviewing has an actual chance to get the job? A, a small, much smaller percentage than the seventy five I allotted to Ben Johnson. Let's go to Kevin in Arlington. What's up, Kevin? How are you? Hey, fellas. Yeah, I I think this is uh, going to be sort of a binary deal, and and that is this. I, I think ninety percent Ben Johnson. If for whatever reason it doesn't work out, which I can't imagine, then I got a 10% on Quinn. I think they're intrigued by little Bobby and uh, McDonald, but those guys are too young, I think, in the eyes of this Harris group to really, you know, I I don't think they've shown enough for them to be as uh, infatuated as they are with, with Ben Johnson. I just also keep thinking because, of course, when Joe Gibbs got the job, he kept Richie Pettibone, and when he came back, he got Greg Williams. I keep thinking there's a big D.C. hire coming in. Couldn't that be Quinn as assistant head coach defense? be interesting to see what happens there. This, by the way, is my little tinfoil hat theory. I think that's what all the Dan Quinn conversation and interest is about. I think they're laying the groundwork, whether they've told him or not. If and when fill-in-the-blank gets hired, somebody else, and then someone else gets hired in Seattle, what if we elevate you, give you more money, make you associate head coach, weaken the Cowboys, make you our D.C.? In D.C. I would love Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator here. I mean, that would be worth throwing a party over. He's an amazing defensive coordinator. I don't know why he'd leave Dallas to come here. I guess he gets more money, but is he going to uproot his family and change jobs? He's been working with McCarthy, although he's going into a potential lame duck season. Now you're starting fresh with a hot shot head coach. This is my this is my point. I'm going to get years of security. I'll get paid you know, one and a half normal coordinator uh, money. I think that's a little tinfoil hattie for me, but I like that one better than, like, people are tweeting me going, what about Bill Belichick as defensive coordinator? Probably not going to happen, man. That's a thing, like. Yeah, I know. You think Mike Vrabel will come here as the DC? And I guess that's not crazy because it's either that or sit out for a year at this point if he doesn't get the Seattle job. Mike Vrabel for linebackers coach. Bill Belichick will not be the defensive coordinator here. I'm sorry. It's just probably not going to happen. Do I smell a Chris Russell guarantee coming at you? I don't do those, mm. but if I did those, this would be a time. This would to, be one of those times. Time to break one out. I feel pretty good about. Uh, we could take your prediction pies for the coaching hire if you've got them on Grant and Danny next. Plus, our first look at Championship Sunday as we are just a couple days away from finding out this year's Super Bowl matchup. You're listening to the fan. We're taking you up to 6.30 on this football Friday on Grant and Danny. How about this 3 o'clock hour? We're teeing up for you all over D.C. and in Richmond. It gets started in about 13 minutes. Brian Baldinger at 3 o'clock to give us a detailed preview on both championship games. That'll be must listen. We'll get deep with him. 
And then at 3.30, Logan Paulson going back-to-back with Baldy. want to talk to Logan about a bunch of things, but he played for Dan Quinn in Atlanta. By the way, I'm pretty sure he loved Dan Quinn. We'll let him tell the, the reasons why, but if I remember correctly from talking to him, he is a big Dan Quinn guy. He also is very high on Ben Johnson, though, so we'll talk to him coming up at 3.30. He played in San Francisco when Adam Peters was there, has a relationship with him, so he is plugged in with everybody involved. We need to change this to the Logan Paulson tree. Because that's really what this is, right? If you want to be a head coach, you want to be a head coach here, you better have known and done right by our pal Logan Paulson. I'm looking forward to those guest spots coming up. All right, let's take our first look into this weekend's matchups. We've got different ways we'll be doing this all day long on this football Friday as we dive into the final four. Here's our first category, Danny. Let's rank the four remaining quarterbacks in these championship games in the order of how much you trust them to play well in that game. So this is not a year from now we look back and like, this is the best, this Mm -hmm. is the worst. This is who's going to play the best game on Sunday, one through four. I want you to start with your number one quarterback. That's Pat Mahomes. On paper, maybe not. I say it again, that's Pat Mahomes. It's an AFC title game. Maybe there, the numbers aren't always that gaudy. Maybe there's, uh, maybe not the yards per attempt or some of the expected uh, completion percentage over average. I know that that guy's going to be pulling plays out of his tuchus all afternoon long. I trust that guy implicitly. He is playing the number one defense in the NFL. He sure is. Nobody else is this weekend. He doesn't have a lot of weapons to help him either. Now he's without an interior guard that's a key starter for them, going up against an all-pro defensive tackle for Baltimore. He is not number one on my list. Uh, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson in that game, actually, as the guy I'm most confident in playing well. And it's because he's getting Mark Andrews back, which is a nice reinforcement. The Ravens are protecting well. He's playing at a very high level. I think the Chiefs' defense is taking on a little water. They were awesome for much of the year, but they could not stop the run last week against Buffalo. I don't think their top defensive tackle that was out last week, Nadia, is coming back. I'm not sure if Willie Gay's playing or not, but I don't think he'll be 100%, even if he does. He was the one spying Josh Allen last week. So I actually think Lamar Jackson's going to be able to run all over the place. He'll be able to make some plays down the field. I think he's going to play a really good game. I've got him listed number one. Number two for me, Brock Purdy of the 49ers. By the way, I'm not a big Brock Purdy guy. I don't love him. I don't think he should have been the MVP this year. Or, you know, He's a top 10 quarterback or anything like that. But Detroit's defense is very mediocre. I like the ability for Shanahan and Goodweather to scheme them up a little bit. Am I worried if Debo Samuel doesn't play that the 49ers offense crashes back to earth a little bit? Yes, but I think there's going to be matchups there. I think Ayuk outside is going to be able to feast. The Lions have done a bad job against wide receiver ones all year. So I think Purdy puts up some numbers. I think this could be a 275-yard, two or three touchdown game for Brock Purdy. He'll give them a chance. My number two is Brock Purdy. I think because Detroit's defense isn't particularly good, and it's time now. They're going to be found out. It's going to be exposed. I think Kyle Shanahan has a field day. I think everybody wearing a Niners uniform has a wonderful afternoon. Every All the yards, all the catches, all the matriculations, all the yards after the catch. I think Purdy has a fantastic game. And if I'm playing DFS, which I am, I will be playing Brock Purdy as my quarterback. Please and thank you. My number three guy is Lamar Jackson here. And normally, I'd probably have Lamar Jackson higher. I can't prove this, and there are only some anecdotal bits of numbers, and the data isn't isn't large enough. It's going to rain on Sunday, and likely it's probably a ninety percent chance of rain. Temperatures in the forties. I don't totally trust Jackson as a thrower in the rain. 
I think the the knocks on him as a passer, I think, are overrated. I think it's because they haven't had diddly or squad who's wide receiver for the most part of his time there. Now that they've got a legit NFL offensive system with Andrews coming back, I like it on paper. But again, I don't love him throwing in the rain. I can remember a couple of games where he was nowhere near as efficient or good. I think that plus Kansas City's defense might make it hard for him. Number three for me, Jared Goff, which means I've got Patrick Mahomes fourth. Now, people are going to call me Stephen A. Smith. No, that's tough. That's tough to hear about. I agree with you, Patrick. I don't love it. He's the best quarterback of the four. Right. He's the number one quarterback in the NFL. This is about this weekend. He's playing the best defense. He's the playing in inclement weather. I think their weapons are thin as paper. Everyone else has more going for them, in my opinion. Goff has a nice supporting cast, good weather. San Francisco's defense has not been as good over the last month as it was earlier in the year. I think they'll be able to move the ball. I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they're going to run the ball, I don't want to say easily, but whenever they want to, they'll have outside zone. They'll be able to get bigs on littles outside the numbers in the toss game, a little pin and pull that Dan Orlovsky and all these analysts have been talking about all week. It's a good matchup. So I think Goff plays pretty well. And I have Mahomes against that Ravens defense last. That's C.J. Stroud who came in on fire. That's not a fun matchup. McDonald and that crew, they've been shutting dudes down for a little, for a couple months. This is the level up. Jared Goff going against the best defense that they'll have played outside of Baltimore where he was terrible. So I think he's going to struggle in this one. I've got our answer, by the way, on second interviews. You ready for this? This is going to clear this up. Slowick and Raheem Morris both got second interviews with Washington this week. So they talked to little Bobby last week Mm -hmm. before he was eliminated. You were allowed to do that. We can be eliminated. Then he got eliminated. They talked to him a second time. So they have talked to Bobby Slowick more times than they've talked to Dan Quinn. Despite the fact that Dan Quinn's been imminently more available. Interesting. Take that for what it's worth. I'm sure it doesn't matter at all. Raheem Morris got two interviews. They talked to him more than they talked to Dan Quinn, even though they were available the same amount. And the other guys that are still alive that are actually busy coaching, they've only talked to once, as well as Dan Quinn. So take that for whatever it's worth. Okay. All right. That is the clarity I can pass along for uh, the Greg and Dave radio program. All right. Brian Baldinger next. Logan Paulson after that. You're listening to The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.